Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff live on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app. You can find all the archives on your favorite podcast platforms. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegels with you on Big Blue Kickoff live every weekday at noon. Mr. Fiegels, it's good to hear from you. How was yep. your weekend? How's it going? Uh, good. Weekend was good. A little golfing, a um, little time with the kids as usual. <laughs> Are all your kids still in the house? Um, uh, Kind of. <laughs> they kind of make their way in and out. Um, you know, now the school's out. There's, you know, people going all over the place. So down to the beach and now with things opening up around the, the area, as you know. So there's, they've, they've kind of ventured out of the nest. Very but good. They, they, recent, they come back, though. They come back. They always come back, Jeff. Yeah, they do. They always How are you? Back. I'm doing great. And Good. Uh, Good. folks, if you out there want to get in touch with us, there are a lot of different ways to do it. The easiest way is on the phones at 973-667-1960. Just a reminder, we only have one line. So if you call and it's busy, um, that's because somebody's on the line. So just keep trying. As soon as that caller is off, we will get to you. We already have a caller on the line, which we'll get to after our little monologue here. You can also send in your questions if you're not on social media at Giants.com slash podcast slash BBK questions, or just send them on Twitter at hashtag Giants chat or to me at Schmelk. So, Jeff, uh, today I thought we had an interesting topic that I think is very informative because I'm a big matchup guy. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of look at the game, and I and I look at the league, and I look at how a season's going to go. And I'm going to do more with Warren Sharp in a couple weeks, who kind of does this for a living mm-hmm. and kind of really analyzes matchups. But you know, to me, Jeff, this is always a, a a fight of styles every week. And you know, one team might be quote unquote good, another bad. But if the matchup works, that's how you get upset. So I think it's important to understand what's kind of coming. On the schedule, we don't know how good the Giants' opponents are going to be. We don't know how COVID's going to affect everything. There are a lot of unknowns, but we do know where I think some of the strengths and weaknesses of the teams are that the Giants are going to play, just based on their personnel. And I think Mm -hmm. that's somewhat static. So I thought that's a a pretty good way to to start here. And especially since the Giants, and they've said this, are going to really mend and meld their game plans based on their opponent. Just for okay. you as a player, makes sense. How much and how important were matchups week to week on a player to player type of basis? Oh, extremely. I I just feel like you know you want to try to attack the weaknesses of your opponent and then um, and win you know win that matchup. And sometimes you're you're just stifled. You can't do anything about it. The guy's just really good, and you're probably going to lose most of those battles. But you're going to try to win somewhere else. So I think it, you know, listen, I remember just from a punting standpoint, John, it's all I can really say about it is that there are, there are weeks when we were going to win this matchup because this guy was really, really good, but I was good enough to put the ball out of bounds and they would never get a return (laughs) or, you know, or from, from maybe like there was the the kicker was uh, he kicks the ball really, really low. So our matchup is we're going to take the two tallest guys in the, on the team and put them right up the middle and get their hands up and possibly block a ball. And that's happened before. So, yeah, it makes a big difference. And I think when what we're going to do, this little exercise, is going to really show you how I was kind of amazed because when we, we told me what we were going to be doing today, I went through the schedule that the Giants are going to be playing and going through this whole thing. Man, there's a lot of strengths yeah. to the defensive side of these football teams mm, that we're playing. Yes. And did I you th- get that too? I, I mean, did. I, and I think well, a fun way here, Jeff, that we will do this. We'll go back and forth, and I'll take one topic, and you take another. We okay. haven't discussed ahead of time what we have, so we might duplicate. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. Defense is big, but I've got to start with the most important position on the field, 
and that's the quarterback position. Okay. Okay. I think that's where you have to start because that dictates how good opponents are going to be, generally speaking. Obviously, injuries can impact this, but I think the interesting thing looking through the Giants' schedule is a reflection of the NFL as a whole, Jeff, in that I think for the first time in a long time, and I think it's kind of defined by the fact that Cam Newton was just signed to a one-year deal like Mm -hmm. two days ago that he was still out there, Mm -hmm. that there simply aren't a lot of teams now that don't have quarterbacks that are good. And if you look at the Giants' schedule, you know, you used to be able to identify some soft spots based on, ah, well, you know, this team's starting blah, 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 and I think we're going to be able to have an easy way with them. Well, there simply are not many soft landing spots on the schedule anymore. Mm. You know, look at a team like the Bears in Week 2. If Nick Foles wins that job, that guy led the Eagles to the to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now, is he Tom Brady? No, but is he a stiff? Absolutely not. Well, he's better not. than Trubisky. So. Well, exactly. And again, we don't know who's going to win that job. I think that's going to be an open competition. You know, and then the only other spots you could look at is Dwayne Haskins in his second year for the Redskins for two games, which, you know, we'll see how much he improves. I think the Redskins are looking for a big step from him the same way the Giants are looking for a big step from Daniel Jones. And then the only other spot where you're looking at a soft spot it's the first and, overall pick in the draft. Yeah, I was going to say, and you Joe don't even Burrow. know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you want to call him soft, but he's pretty good. Well, that's the thing. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not a soft spot. Kyler Murray in, 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 on December 13th, you know, he was the top overall pick in the draft. Is that a soft spot? Or was Kyler Murray going to have a monster second season? You know, I don't know the answer to that question. So, to me, there were very few soft spots. And then you have some, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, talk, say what you want about him. But then you have some high-level players. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see how Ben Roethlisberger comes off his injury in week one. He says he's still better than he ever has. We'll have to see. We'll see if Jared Goff bounces back. You know, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. Tom Brady, obviously, is unbelievable. And then you want to talk, and you want to talk about some mobile quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. back half of the year? This is the theme that I picked up on. Russell Wilson on December 6th. Kyler Murray on December 13th, Lamar Jackson on December 27th, and then Dak Prescott again on January 3rd. And throw, by the way, in the middle of that is is Baker Mayfield, who can move around too. So, you know, I think you look at the quarterbacks, you know, you don't have the Drew Breeses and the Matt Ryans of the world that you had on last year's schedule because you played the NFC South. You know, maybe those kind of more efficient veteran quarterbacks, but... This is a tough little group here, and the Giants are going to have to bring their A game. And we've talked about the weakness all offseason, Jeff. What's their pass defense going to look like? They're going to be tested almost every week by some pretty good quarterbacks. Yep, which puts the onus on that defensive line. And we've always talked about where that pressure is going to come. So Patrick Graham is going to have to do something. I, um, I read that article that you had on that the um, on Giants.com about the defense and the offense. I mean, listen – this is an important characteristic of this defense is where the pass rush is going to come from because of what you just said as far as these quarterbacks going on the line. Now, if I was to rank these quarterbacks and as far as like who's going to give me the most problems, um, I'm just going to have to go with Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, right? I mean, he's yeah. got Gronkowski, so <laughs> I'm going to leave him at the top. Um, I who's have to. Two? I think um, – I think that probably Russell Wilson is going to be my second guy. That's what I would do too. I'm with you. Um, then if I'm going to do maybe just I'll go to I'll stop it at I'll stop at five. So my okay. my third one I would probably go with um, Lamar. Yes, I was going to say is either Lamar or Dak. Um, I think that both. So I'm going to go Lamar there, and then I'm going to go with Dak, and then I'm going to probably end up with I think that Goff, Wentz or Roethlisberger or Goff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna I'm 
Roethlisberger coming off of an injury, I, I mean, I think he's very susceptible to something. You know, by the, although it is the first game of the season, though, he's going to be healthy. Yeah, for you that. would you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, you know, I I go with that. I got to go with Roethlisberger. I'm not going to throw him way far down on there. He's got too much experience, and I think you know, if he is healthy. He is better than than both of those guys. Well, so. Jeff, I think it. I think I think you hit the top seven. I think those are yeah. the top seven guys for yeah. sure. I would pick Goff last in that group. I think mm-hmm. Wentz and Ben are both better than him. Okay, but you know, and that accounts for nine games because think about it. You have the Cowboys and the Eagles. You play twice. Yeah. So those are nine quarterbacks right there, and then you just have a bunch of young guys where you don't know how good they're going to be. The Joe Burrows, the Kyler Murrays, the Baker Mayfields. How good are these guys going to be? They could and Dwayne Haskins even. These guys could be great. Or maybe they're not going to be that good. That's something we have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. From a matchup standpoint, from the you know the, of our conversation here, I think matching up. I think the hardest game is going to be that Tampa Bay game because you are matching up against a quarterback, and then they've got an outstanding wide receiver and tight end matchup. I'll tell you though, how <laughs> about those? The- how about the mobile quarterbacks though? <sighs> Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, though Carson Wentz in the mix if you want. Those yeah. guys can all move, and all those guys are in the second half of the year. You know, you have some. You know, you have a Roethlisberger, Foles, Garoppolo, Goff to start the year. You know, those guys aren't moving around a whole lot. Brady too, but boy, you get to the second half of the year, you got guys going to be moving all over the place. Yeah, it's kind of like the theme of the of the whole NFL nowadays. It's, it's guys getting can there. Get out there and move around. You know, I mean the old the the old statues of the NFL just aren't around anymore. I mean, I think Tom Brady might be him and Roethlisberger are your two statues of the league, right? I mean, just sit yeah, there. Breeze, Matt Ryan, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of all in that yeah. same group. But the game is evolving into, you know, a lot of um, a lot of RPO stuff and a lot of move the pocket and a lot of just if it's not there, don't throw it, run it. You know. All right, let's go to your first theme, Jeff. Where do you want to go? For my first team? Yeah, for a theme, however you want to look at it. Um, Well, let's go to the Steelers. Let's go Steelers. They're the first game of the season, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm, I look at that Steelers defense, I feel like that's the strength of that football team. Um, their pass rush last year was incredible with T.J. Watt, the other Watt guy. Um, Cameron Haywood and then Bud Dupree. I mean, those guys are, those guys are all – legitimate pass rushers and I think that that's something that the Giants are going to have to contend with on that opening day is getting you know those tackles who are those right tackles and left tackles going to be for the Giants we don't know but they're going to have their hands full that first game yeah no question Jeff I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of build on that point and then we could talk about the first four matchups here you know this is and I've said this before I don't want to be that repetitive so I'll be quick here and I'll let you comment on it you know we're looking at four of the top pass defenses in the league in those first four weeks Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and you're looking at not just good pass rushers, and you mentioned some of them on the Steelers. The Bears have Cleo Mack in week two. Mm-hmm. Week three, you got Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. Week mm-hmm. four, you got, you got a guy named Aaron Donald who's pretty mm-hmm. good. And then throw in, how about Jalen Ramsey and Richard Sherman and Eddie Jackson and Minka Fitzpatrick and, you know, guys like that that can all play at a high level as pass rushers and secondary players. Two of those games on the road. That is going to be a real, real tough start to the year for the Giants' passing attack against four good defenses when, you know, the Giants are trying to figure out their new system here with a short offseason. You know, again, I'm not trying to say Daniel Jones can't do it, but that is a real tall order against some very talented defenses those first four weeks, Jeff. Run the ball. (laughs) Yep, I'm with you. (laughs) Run the football. Um, You know, and then you can set up the run for the pass, right? I mean... That's kind of where we're going with that. So I'll agree with you 100%. You know, you got a lot of young guys in this too. 
you know, Javon Kirk Kinlaw is a guy that we talked about extensively this year in, in the draft. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, is that his name? You got it, Jeff. It? Good job. There we go. I'm getting better with names. It's taking me a while, but I will never get good with them. Um, but, you know, these guys, the, the matchups here is run the football. That's my game plan. First four weeks, run the football, time of possession, no turnovers, no penalties, and score more points, you win. There you go. Easy. Score more points, you win. That is some <laughs> of the most in-depth critical analysis I've ever heard, Jeff. It sounds simple, but it listen, is simple. <laughs> play, play some good defense, um, good specials, and penalties, you'll win some games if you can just do that. I'm telling you, that's just it's a real simple talk about, yeah, you want to match up, that's great, but. The fundamentals of the football game and winning football games, it's very simple, John. Don't turn it over. Penalties and cost you games. Tom Coffin used to tell you that all the time, right? And score more points than the other team, and you're okay. There you go. All right, and then, Jeff, uh, I don't want to give you your next theme. You can give me whatever you want. But okay. just, but, no, but, you go. You go. But just as a point of reference, and this isn't one of the things I had written down, but I'm just looking at it now. After those first four games, which are all non-divisional games, yeah, we're going to the division. Five of the next six games with Tom Brady wedged in between are against the division with two against the Redskins, two against the Eagles, and one against the Cowboys. So <sighs> if you want to see when this season's going to be decided, it's between October 11th and November 15th when you play five division games. Yeah. Very interesting how they did that this year with the schedule. Um, rather than backloading it with those those games, I guess, you know, I – I only have the, the teams here. I don't have the dates. Are there are there a lot of John? Are there a lot of backloaded? I mean, you said five there, so there's only one other division game. Yeah, Dallas, the last game of the year from November it, right? from November 29th to December 27th. There that's are no division games. That is very that's that's uncharacteristic, right? I mean, usually they're yep. at the end of the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's your there's your thick of the schedule right there. Winning your division, you know, win your division. As Len would say, win your division, and you you only go to the playoffs. And by the way, Jeff, you mentioned uh, the pass rushers at the top of the schedule. I mean, just look at the division now. You know, the Redskins have been stocking pass rushers. You know, you go from the kid from Ohio State they drafted this year to Montez Sweat to Ryan Kerrigan. We know what the Eagles' defensive line looks like with Fletcher Cox and um, Brandon Graham and all those guys that, you know, rush as a unit. Then you got Demarcus Lawrence with the Cowboys, not to mention, you know, Shaquille Barrett on the Bucks. He's pretty good, by the way. Oh, and by the way, Miles Garrett on the Browns. Oh, by the way, Chandler Jones on the Cardinals. Oh, by the way, the Ravens' unbelievable pass rush. And I mentioned Nick Bosa. I mean, how about Geno Atkins on, on, on the Bengals? So there are, there's a Calais combination. Oh, that's another really good one. <laughs> that, you know, so you look at it up and down. That and, and you know, you wonder exactly where you know the pass rushers are going to come from the outside and the inside. There's a lot of really talented pass rushers, so this Giants offensive line is going to be tested yeah. throughout the year. Well, now you know why they went out and got a number one, right? I mean, so this it's very imperative that this that this offensive line gels quickly and that these guys play at a high level. I'm still I'm still concerned about the center position. Um, I hope they they'll they'll get that right, but I feel like that's the weak link, in in the five positions that are there, and that they got to make it good. They got to make it right because they got their they got their hands full, and uh, Colombo, the new offensive line coach, is going to have to do his best job of coaching this year, with that type of defenses coming at them. 
Well, that's what I got, Jeff. Those are the big ones I had, the quarterback, the pass defense, and the pass rush. Who are some of the guys uh, or some of the other matchups for you or, or themes okay. throughout the year for you that really jumped yeah, out? Yeah, and it's funny because I, I, I'm with you. Most of the stuff with defense came from those positions. Um, I feel like another theme here in the division um, I'm looking at is with Dallas, their receivers. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. I think the Eagles have done a better job with their eagle. Excuse me, with their wide receiver position opposed to last year, um, and even the Redskins have have done okay. So, I mean, from a wide receiver position, this the, I think within the division, all in all, I think all the teams got better. The Giants just stayed the same; they didn't really do much. Um, but if you look at those other teams, I think that's a theme within the division is that the receiving position has gotten better. A lot of young guys, too, especially yeah. in the division. You know, the C.D. Lamb, the Eagles added a bunch of guys, Jalen Rager. Uh, the Redskins added some guys in the draft. So, yeah, look, that's a really good point, Jeff. I didn't pick up on that. Mm. And it's funny, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule now. This isn't a season where you're going to have – a lot of games against like super duper number right. one wide receivers mm -hmm. until you get to the back half of the schedule. You know, front half of the schedule, look at it, you know, JJ, Juju Smith Schuster, who's good but not great. Allen Robinson, good but not great. The Niners just lost Debo Samuel to the foot. You know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, they're good but not great. Then you have the Cowboys group, which, you know, obviously Amari Cooper's excellent. Um, the Bucks have Mike Evans. Then the back half of the schedule, you got AJ Green. You got Lockett in Seattle. The Cardinals are rolling out Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins now. Yeah, Good I was luck. for you to go there. Good luck. Know. The Browns are rolling out Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Good luck. And the Ravens have Hollywood Brown and a bunch of other young guys at wide receiver. So, you know, you might not have, you know, the Julio Jones of the world pop mm -hmm. up all that often, but especially in the second half of the schedule, you get some pretty high-level wide receivers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so there's a – you know, when we talk about the secondary for the Giants and um, how inexperienced they really are, um, this is a this is a matchup that where the Giants are going to have to do well, and maybe that's you know some extra help on some of their number one receivers. And um, although right now you're trying to figure out who that number two cornerback is going to be for the Giants, I mean we know who the number one guy is, but I feel like you know that's something we have to take a look at. As far as another theme goes, I think when I look at the running back position. That's another one where I don't see much there as the teams that we play this year. If you keep going down it, I mean, if in, you look at the Steelers, Chicago, San Francisco, none, nobody jumps off the board on those on those teams, right? No, I you think, have some young guys like Cam Akers with the Rams, but you're right. There aren't a lot of big-time backs until you get the Ezekiel Elliott. You get Dallas, I, and I feel like, you know, I think if anything— Joe um, Mixon the with team? the Bengals is pretty good. Yeah, you know what? I think the I think the uh, the Browns with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are probably your other two your other team that could give you a little bit of problems. I mean, listen, the Browns offensively, if they ever kick it up a notch, they've got all the talent in the world. If the Browns if, figure it out, man, they're stacked offensively. They really are. Um, and it's just a matter of I think the, it's the quarterback position there. I think all those other players are good. They just got to get the ball and be smart from the quarterback position. So, but yeah, I mean, from a running back and a wide receiver positions. You know, not a whole lot there. Not like the defensive uh, lines that we talked about, for sure. No question about it. All right, Jeff, you want to start doing some calls? Yeah, let's put some people on here. Let's see what they got to do. Awesome. 973-667-1960. We lost our initial caller, which was Jake in Rochester. Somebody else called in, but since I was already on the air, I couldn't screen it. So maybe Jake called back, or maybe it's somebody else. Let's find out. Caller, <laughs> what's your name? Where are you calling from? We're on with Jeff and John. 
This is Jake in Rochester. Hey, Jake. Okay, what's, call back. Go ahead, Hi, Jake. Jake. What do you got? <laughs> uh, what's going on, fellas? Uh, so my question is about the center position. Um, you know, we all know it's a, it's a glaring hole in the offensive line. Um, Gettleman seems to love Jalapio, um, but even when he was playing, I didn't see a ton to give a lot of hope. Um, there's a guy, Justin Britt, out there, got released by Seattle, started five or six years, all 16 games until last year till he, when he got hurt. Um, I was wondering if maybe COVID was holding up bringing a guy like that in or um, if they just think they're set at the position with what they got and want to move forward from there. Jeff, you are the king of the center position. Uh, I will let yeah. you take this. Well, listen, I, I feel like if there was somebody out there free agency-wide, they would have went out and got him, right? So I feel like they, they're holding a lot of stock. Um, and, well, listen, first of all, Hall Appeal has to be re-signed. I mean, he's, he's not under contract, right, John? That's correct. He is not under contract. So, right. you know, we talk about him a lot on this show with the assumption that he's going to be back, but... You know, we don't know. We don't know that. So let's just let's just assume that he's not on the roster and you have Spencer Pullett. <laughs> and, and then, then where have, are we going? Then you have, you know, you have Nick Gates and you have, you have Shane Nick Gates, Lemieux who have played never played before. the position. Both of them never played the position before, at least yeah. in games. So, which leads me to the question by the caller about the COVID center position. You know, this could be something where Gabe Gettleman and his staff are waiting in the wings for something to happen post-June 1st cuts on some of these things. So I don't know. Um, we're not very far off from training camp. Hopefully, it's starting, and we will see. Because I don't, you know, right now I would I would be happy with. Although they're going to compete. Have you noticed that the whole theme? If you're reading about a lot of this stuff in the offensive line positions with the Giants, is there's going to be so much competition at both left and right tackle and at center. Uh-huh. The the guard position seems to be the most fluid. Not excuse me, not the most fluid. The one that is more is kind of consistent. Those are you're going to be your guys, but the rest of them. It's going to be a heck of a competition, so um, we'll see what happens there. But I, I, I think that if there's a possibility later in training camp, they may bring another veteran in here um, because maybe of the way that the guys are playing or just an injury situation. We'll see, but I think right now they're just going to stay put with what they got. I don't like it. I'd let it you know, I don't know who else, like you said. I mean, who do you, who do you go out there and get? I'm not, I uh, well, really... I appreciate it, fellas. The, the, I, I would say uh, Justin Britt, that's a, name, that's a name to look okay. out for. I think he's a really good player. I Justin appreciate it. Thank Britt. you for the call, Jake. Good stuff. All right, thanks, guys. Just some info on Justin Britt. He tore his ACL at the end of last year. At the so, end of last year? Well, yeah, after week eight, it looks like. So middle of last year, I should okay. have said more specifically. Um, in terms of his overall play, I mean, Pro Football Focus has him kind of as a below-averagey type of center over the last five years. The Seahawks offensive line hasn't exactly been something to write home about. <laughs> he was originally a second-round pick in 2014. I think he started a guard and tackle, moved into center the last three or four years, so he is recovering from that injury. He was a four-year starter at center, so you have that. Um, so he's done it. Another guy with experience. Six. He's Wow, he's 6'6". You don't hmm. see many six-six centers. Well, that you know, is I, that's not yeah. something you see a lot of. That's interesting. Well, the, I mean, Daniel Jones is six-five, six-six, so that shouldn't hurt him too much. Yeah, you know, you got to um, you got to crouch down pretty pretty down <laughs> to to play center there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I listen. I I think the I, I think the the caller made a great point with with him. I think that you know they have to they got to build this offense around the running back right so they i mean they need somebody to to show up that center position and and i've i've told you i haven't been impressed with 
I know that Paul loves Spencer Pulley. And I, I'm not, listen, folks, when I say this, it's not that I hate the guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not, I'm just, I think that he's an okay player. I just don't, I don't You see aren't him. sold. He's a starting caliber That's NFL right. center. Now, listen, I, I feel like Britt is a guy that the Giants can use. I think that's a great name. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, listen, the guy, the guy's played a, a lot of football at that position at a high level. I like it. Yeah, so he started at center starting in 2016. He played oh. left guard before that. As a rookie, he played out at tackle. So he's you know had... what, John? I'm looking on I'm looking on the internet here on one of these. It's called Fan Sided. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to quote them. The three best landing spots for Justin Britt after the release from the Seahawks. Their number one team? Bingo. New York Giants. <laughs> How about that? Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Let's go back to our phones. Next caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey guys, Len from Columbia, Maryland. Len, how you doing, man? Hey, Len. Yeah, Jeff, you got it right. You got to win the division. We got to go four and two. That's... You do? No, no. Len's <laughs> right. It. Hey, look, not if, two and four. <laughs> if, if you don't go four and two in the division, it becomes really, really hard to win it. Really yeah, hard. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And we got to, you know, we got to build. We got to build this team matching around those three other teams in the division. I mean, you know, you can do the arithmetic. How many times do we play them in the next four years? And we're only going to play the Bengals one time in four years. We're going to play these guys. Uh, I mean, how many times? You know, eight, eight times, ten times. So we got to build. You know, we got to build a team around winning. You know, winning games in this division, which we haven't been doing very well. Now, in fairness, line they haven't really been beating teams outside of the division either. So I don't think it's I don't think it's just specific to the NFC East. You know what I'm saying? I wonder what that is. <laughs> somebody somebody looked that up. I mean, how, do they have more wins against the division than they do the outside the division no, in the last uh, three years? No, honestly, the I, I think the winning percentage is pretty consistent inside and out. Yeah, actually, actually, which leads to my next point, John. Um, you, you know, you talk about the first four games as being tough games. I don't want to sound too negative, guys, but. What four games wouldn't be tough games? We were four and twelve. No, no, the hundred percent. Looking, Len, you're a hundred percent right. They're, they're, yep. they're, in the NFL, there there are really no true soft spots on the schedule. There just yeah. aren't. Yeah. In fact, I I actually feel pretty good about the first four games. I mean, it's only one playoff team. Yeah, but they've all won at least eight games last year. Yeah, I I know I know, but it's only one playoff team. Uh, we got some home games. We, you know, we got the 49ers. It's kind of an interesting. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the 49ers are actually in New York two weeks in a row. Yeah, I know they are. They they, they play the I mean, Jets. I mean, they play the, the Jets before, right? The first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The week before, week two, they play the Jets, and week three, they play us. I, I, it'd be interesting to find out what their plan is. Whether they're going to stay with this mess that we've got ourselves into here in the U.S. Um, or whether they're going to go back to San Francisco and then take a trip back the next weekend. Yeah. Um, see, see, Len, to me, the reason the four, the first four games, and you're right, they're not great teams. Now, remember, the Steelers didn't have Ben Roethlisberger last year either, though, so that, that that's going to make them better automatically if he's healthy. Right. Um, what worries me is that I don't love the matchups, and it's because of what Jeff and I talked about before. Those teams are built to slow down the Giants' passing attack, and we know the Giants' weakness is their defense, so they're going to give up some points regardless. So I feel like those teams are built to kind of slow down the Giants' strength on offense. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do. I, but um, I, and, I, and I know we've really been um, you know, hammering on Spencer Pulley this, um, uh, already this morning. But I have. Yeah. John, I know, I know. If – if we're gonna, I, I know you're worried about the defensive backfield and slowing down the passing game and so forth. 
the one thing that really worries me about those four teams, John and, and Jeff, three of them are 3-4 defenses. And, oh, my goodness. We, <laughs> we just, the last three to four years, we, we, we just get smothered playing against 3-4 defenses. I, I, the guys in the middle, hey, now we're back to Spencer again, but the guys in the middle are just not able to handle those big nose tackles. I mean, they're getting pushes and so forth. Now, the big break with the with the with the uh, Steelers, um, Hargraves went somewhere else. He was there starting. I, I know they got those pass rushers, but you know they're they're not as strong in the middle. I'm I'm not sure who's going to play nose tackle for the Steelers this year. Yeah, Lynn, to me, I, I worry about their secondaries. Those teams because yeah, the one okay, thing yeah. Daniel Jones struggled with last year, and we talked about this. He wasn't. He was much better against man defense than zone, right? The Steelers yeah. are one of the heaviest zone defenses in the league. The Bears are one of the heaviest zone defense playing teams in the league. The Rams, I'm not sure about them, but I know the Niners played a ton of cover three last year. So those are three out of the four teams they play to start the year. Super heavy on zone defense, too, which is a worry for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you can't deny anything you say. I mean, uh, um, maybe a better way to sum it up, um, you know, all those names that you ran by at the beginning of the show, guys, and John, you know where I'm coming from with this. I mean, those guys are stars. I, I'm, I mean, when those other teams are looking down their uh, schedules, and, and they're, you know, are they mentioning anybody on the Giants? It's you know the same way you were, you were coming up with all those names of guys. I, I know they're going to mention Barkley and so forth, but geez, all those names, uh, um, you know. And, and John, you left one out. At, at Tampa, it's not just Evans. Oh, it's a good one, right? Godwin, sorry. Yes, he went to the Pro Bowl. No, he was great, no question. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about two of them. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you know, I, I, you know, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you, you, you just, you, you got to have some star players if you're going to compete in this league. Not to pile on, but did you, did you look at the tight end position with the Buccaneers too? Oh my I mean, goodness. they got Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Brait. I'll take the... <laughs> That's not bad. Listen, not bad. I'll take the third guy. <laughs> yeah, Cameron Brait's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll take the third guy. You know, you go back, you go back to the wide receiver position, and you look at you look at you look at the Pro Bowl, and we mentioned two guys, Evans and Godwin, who were um, part of the first four to be selected, uh, along with Julio and Thomas. And only one of those guys played. That was Thomas. And, I mean, the next three guys in were Cooper, Adams, and Galladay. Jeez, I'd like to have one of those three guys on my team. Sure. Absolutely. Hey, I, mean, I, I just want to be a little – maybe I haven't been clear enough in terms of how I've kind of talked about this with having that, like, 1A wide receiver. And I, I'd like to get Jeff's take on this, too. The way I kind of look at it, does it help? To have one of those 1A guys to take attention, to be a guy that, you know, can make explosive plays. Yeah, absolutely. Would I love to have a Julio Jones on the Giants? Sure, absolutely. But I do think that given Barkley's ability to be a matchup problem in the passing game, if he's healthy, Evan Ingram's ability to be a matchup problem in the passing game, mm -hmm. I think they have enough with three good wide receivers, even though they might not be great wide receivers combined with the other two, I think you're going to be productive enough. And, and for example, I, I, I look at the Chiefs, Len, and even though the Giants probably do not have a player that's as explosive as Tyreek Hill, in fact, they don't. I know they don't huh? at wide receiver. 
Right. You look at the other wide receivers on the Chiefs, and remember, they were the best offense in football last year, okay? And they had yeah. Patrick Mahomes, which makes a big difference. I get that. But they don't have that 1A guy. Now, other teams do. The Bucks do, to your point. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons do, to your point. The Saints do, to your point. And, you know, Lance brings up the 49ers, but the Niners don't have a great offense. So I don't think that's necessarily a, a, a great comparison, for example. But I do think the Giants, with, you know, their weapons at tight end and at, and at running back, can make up a little bit for not having that 1A superstar wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Well, what, I do know what you're saying, and, and I, I kind of agree with you, John. It's hard to argue with what you're saying, but you got to have the go-to guy. you got to have the big guy. I, I, I think the way we're talking about our wide receivers, John, I, I, I hate to even say this. I mean, we're, we're talking about 4-12 and 12 again. We're talking about 5-11. and 11. Yeah, See, but that's not that's – not, well, I don't think – if if they go four and twelve land, it's not going to be because of the wide receivers. It's going to be because you don't stop anybody. This team's going to score points. I'm telling you, they're going to score points. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And I'm, even though I sound negative today, I'm still optimistic. Can't wait for the season. <laughs> uh, you know, God forbid something happens and we don't play these games. I mean, it's just going to be terrible. Yeah, and, uh, trust me. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Thanks for taking my call. You guys have a good day. Thank you, Len. You're you welcome. too, bud. Good. Good to talk to you. So, Jeff, that's kind of where I stand. Like, to me, and I think my last point to Len is kind of my larger point. Maybe I should have made it first instead of rambling on about the other stuff. If this team loses games this year and they they struggle, to me, I would be shocked if wide receivers, even in the top three reasons, this team loses a lot of games this year. I don't see it. The only way I see that is the reason is injury. Agree, and that's fair. Yeah. Other than that, I, I, I mean, listen, they're a strong group. They're not, you know, they're not the strongest and they're not the weakest. They're a strong group. I think they're a tight group, and I think that they they all play well if they can stay healthy. Well, well, Jeff, let me do this with you. Let me let me ask you this way: Would you rather have the Giants' wide receivers or the Cowboys' wide receivers? Uh, I would take the Cowboys. No, wide so receivers. would I. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather have the Giants' wide receivers or the Redskins' wide receivers? I would take the Giants. Would you rather have the Giants' wide receivers or the Eagles' wide receivers? Um, that's a good question. I, I think that's a toss-up. I mean, see, I think they're probably about the same. No, see, I'd probably take now, ours. Yeah. I, I'm not counting tight ends here. Yeah, I'm just I know counting that. wide receivers. Okay. And Alshon Jeffrey, you know, he's coming off a really serious injury, and they got a bunch of young guys. I think the Giants' wide receivers are better than Philly's wide receivers. Uh, uh, you know what? I would have agreed with you last year, but I don't know. I, I just, for some reason, I think that, you know, I mean – they got Deshaun Jackson, if he can stay healthy. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, and then Rager, the guy that we 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 just rant and raved about in the, before the the draft, right? Look, I, I like Rager. I do. Yeah. You I know, mean, so maybe maybe I just don't now, have maybe I just don't have enough confidence that Jeffrey and Jackson, at their age and their well, injury history, will be the players that but we have you to think just, they we, can be. But we have to we have to say, okay, regardless of injury. You know, then where are we at with the roster? Just the way it is. Toss and up. I would take. I think it's a toss up. I think that's fair. And I, okay, so what doesn't make it a toss up is when you go and throw the tight ends for the Eagles in. <laughs> then there's no question that the I would take those guys. Well, correct, correct. But that's yeah. fair. But then you throw in Saquon Barkley, and it pushes the scales back the other way. That's correct. That is that's 100 percent correct because their running game uh, actually, uh, you know, Miles Sanders and uh, and Boston Scott, those guys did pretty good against us last year. No, they're good um, players, but, but they're but, but they're, they're not, not they're not Saquon. Correct. So to me, I think the Giants are kind of right in the you know between 15 and 20 ish in terms of wide receiver group. 
give or take. I haven't gone through the whole league. I'd have to do that. But I think that's right kind of where they're at. I think in my mind, the thing that that I want to see happen is that Evan Ingram stays healthy. We've talked about this before. It's going to be difficult, but I'm I'm hoping that he is, and I'm guessing that he's going to have a great year. No, but Jeff, you're right. He's essential to the passing game. He's he is. very essential, and mm-hmm. I think he's he's. I think that Jason Garrett is just you know he's so excited about having a guy like him. Um, and then I also believe that Sterling Shepard and those guys they got to stay healthy. You know, the depth there at the at the wide receiver position I think is very even. There isn't anything like I think it drops off. I, I, listen, I, I think the, the fifth and the sixth, and you won't even go the seventh receivers who very rarely, rarely get in the game. If they had to move up, you know, they would be they wouldn't be as good as the guys, but they would be okay, you know. So I look at the depth of some of these other teams they have, and I think the depth at the receiver position on other teams like the Eagles is better than the depth at the Giants. No, I think once you get past Corey Coleman, you have a lot of question marks. There you I go. Think that's what, fair. what would you put Corey Coleman at? Is he the fourth? I think the he fifth? has. To, I think he has to be the fourth, right? Yeah. Does I he? think he's the fourth guy. Yes. I would agree with you there. Um, you know, and then just, after that, you get a bunch of inexperienced guys. That's my point. Yes. It's after that. It's like, okay, so, uh, you know, I just, they got to, they got to stay healthy. They got to stay healthy. And I, I tell you, how exciting is it going to be if, in fact, that um, Evan Ingram can stay healthy in an offense where the offensive coordinator loves the tight end, loves the tight end. I know. Now look, I'm with you, and look, I'm with you. Evan Ingram is essential, essential, because if he gets hurt, that's that that's one of your mismatch guys. And you know, Barkley and Ingram are your two mismatch guys. If you get them out of linebackers, it's over. Defenses can't cover them. And yeah. if you lose one of those guys, and Ingram being obviously a bigger factor in the passing game as a downfield target than Barkley, it it hurts. So yeah, look, I think that's fair. And if that's the worry with people with the with the Giants receiving group. I can't argue with that because of Shepard and Ingram and what they've had the last couple of years. I get that. But the Giants had to, to me, prioritize things, right, when they go about making their draft picks and signing their free agents. You can't fix every problem at once. And to me, I thought there were other more glaring issues, Jeff, that needed to be fixed. While the wide receiver, while maybe position, while maybe not elite and like a top 10 group, I think they were good enough where you did not have to make any additions now. Now, we could be having a completely different conversation sure. next offseason. I'm like, that's like, and you know what? If I, I had to guess will. right now, yeah. I think receiver could be a top two priority next no offseason. I think it could be pass rusher, <clears throat> wide receiver, maybe center again. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I think those could be your top three priorities next offseason. I think it's definitely season. wide receiver. No I think, question. I think with pass rusher, it, those are going to be two of your most important ones, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. I think this past offseason, I think, it was okay to stick with what you had. And believe it or not, it might even be tight end position. <laughs> yeah, it you know? could be. You know, could cause, be. Because if, if Evan Ingram has a great year and the Giants can't sign him back or they don't exercise his fifth-year option, would that be a fifth year then? Yeah, like, then, yeah, they have the fifth-year option on him, but that, that's obviously not a, yeah. not, not a guarantee for everything. That's right. So that could be another situation. And then is it Tuiolo? Tuiolo? Toilolo. Toy Lolo, I mean, I, listen. If, if if Evan Ingram can't stay healthy, are you gonna put all your stock in him or well, Dan, I mean, or Caden Smith? I mean, this is a that could be this. Listen, he has to stay healthy. No, look, Evan Ingram's a different type of player. Look, <laughs> yes. he, he's he's a different he's a wide type receiver, of player. playing tight end. Correct. Two zero one. I'm sorry. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. 
<laughs> Let's go back to the phones, Jeff. Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Are you on the air with John and Jeff. Hi, it's uh, Scott, guys, from New Mexico. Hello, Scott. Scott. Uh, I believe that the offensive line is going to make or break the Giants this year, and I'm, I have a little different view than you do, Jeff, about the center position. Love to hear it. My, my biggest fear is the blind side, which is a left tackle. And this might sound sacrilegious, but I don't know why we're even considering Nate Solder for the position. Last year in 2019, he had 11 sacks. He was, according to Pro Football Focus, he was more he was culpable and probably more than that. And he had 56 pressures, which was the most of any NFL lineman in the NFL. Now, granted, I know he had some personal problems, and I know he's not had less than a stellar career with the Giants. But why are we even considering him for the line when you have Andrew Thomas and there are other players uh, like Nick Gates who's played very well, who could play the tackle position? And if you want to keep Nate Solder, keep him as a swing tackle. I have no issue with that. But as a starting tackle, based on his performance, and you need to keep Daniel Jones upright. That blindside left tackle is, to me, the most important position. It doesn't seem like it's warranted to keep him on the line. And I don't say this in a negative way because I do like the man. I just think his performance has been less than stellar. So to try to revamp and do it all over again, isn't that, again, the definition of insanity by repeating the same thing? And I was just curious what your reaction is oh, to I that. Oh, I have one. I have a big one. Go ahead, So yeah. listen. If, if you're going to keep him on the roster, you're going to pay him a lot of money to sit on a bench. To be right, a that swing. part I know. Okay, so that, that's kind of impractical. The other thing is, if, if you were going to put all your, you know, listen, you went out and got a number one draft pick, one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. He's got to play. Agree. He's got to play left tackle. I've, I've said this, I str- not at the beginning, but I've changed my tune over the course of, I don't know, I mean, weeks or whatever. But I believe that he should be playing left tackle, right? Just start him out and put him there and be done with it. And, and then agree. have those other guys all compete. But from what I'm reading and been told, they're all going to compete for every one of them, left and right tackle. So we'll see what happens. But other than this, you know what, Scotty? If you don't have enough confidence in Nate Solder to be a starter, right. then I believe you got to get rid of him. Because you can't carry that type of money with a guy sitting on a bench. So what would be the – I mean, and again, it might be sacrilegious to say this. Why wouldn't the Giants actually do that? They have Cam Fleming as a backup. That's what they went out and got. Maybe they're uh, gonna. Maybe that's gonna happen in training camp. There'll be a competition, and then you know, or maybe he plays better, and if or if he doesn't, then they do get rid of him. I don't know. Okay. Nothing's a guarantee in this league, man. I'm telling you, Scott. Real quickly, I I, I just sure. I, I just want to give you the numbers here. Okay. Last year, just in terms of, I'm just going off of Pro Football Focus grades here, okay? Right. In terms of their grading system last year, and you can take this with a grain of salt, but sure. But you reference it, so I at least want to you know t- tell you what the numbers are. Sure. Um, 64 offensive tackles last year played at least 200 snaps, okay? Right. So of those players, which makes sense, two per team, right, the 64 total, Nate Solo was ranked 46th in terms of PFF grade in that group. So he wasn't in the worst. He wasn't the back half of it. He was in the lower third of it, but that's where he ranked. He did give up 11 tackles. He gave up 36 rushes. And in terms of overall pressures, you're right. He gave up more than any other player. So he, he did not play well last year. That is true. But remember, they're not giving him the job. So right. if he shows up in camp, Scott, and he shows that he is not better than last year and he's struggling, then maybe Nate Solder will not start. I believe right. he will look more like the Nate Solder from the second half 
of 2018. Maybe I'm going to be wrong. We'll see when we get to right. camp. I'm not as com- excuse me as confident. And here's the way I'm I'm looking at the giant offensive line. I mean, you need to have two good tackles, both left and right, today in the NFL. And if Nate Solder hasn't done the job, you're really behind the eight ball starting out. And with a, a quarterback going into his second year, and Daniel Jones has promise, you want to make sure that he's not running around like a chicken without his head because he's being chased by the very things you were talking about earlier in your program with someone that great pass rushers that are going to be the Giants are going to be playing against. And it hasn't been proven in his career yet that Nate Soldier can handle that as he did in New England. And so I'm looking at the tackles that were rookies that started, for example, like Teron Smith or a Quentin Nelson, albeit a guard, but these are guys that came into the into the NFL and started right away. And they've proved to be excellent at their positions. And you have Andrew Thomas, as Jess, you alluded to, who's one of the premier tackles taken out of the draft. So why not throw caution to the wind and maybe see if Nick Gates can play the right side? He played it fairly well last year. Or if you want to use Cam Fleming on the right side and use Andrew Thomas. And then, so far as the center position, I don't know why we're sort of burying Jalapio yet. Because uh, I, I guess he has to get back on the field and see well, how he's, he's on the roster right now, Scott. He's not signed, right? So, but but uh, Spencer Pulley did play on San Diego's offensive line and played fairly well. I know he hasn't probably played as well as he played there, but still, there's some promise. And I'm just worried that with an offensive line that's helter skelter, you need to really put something together that's really proven. And I just don't have that confidence. And I and I'm not trying to downplay Nate Soldier's importance, but I thought as a swing tackle, he can certainly be on the field because then there I see there might be a need. But that was the point I was really trying to make. And, no, I, and no I thank yeah. I thanks guys for for You're letting welcome. me thanks, uh, uh, say that. Appreciate the Bye. call. Just for an example. I think Adrian Thomas is going to be a really good left tackle. But mm-hmm. rookie left tackles tend to have some struggles. Yeah. And Andre Dillard, pretty highly tatted left tackle last year, right? So did you know that of those 64 qualifying players for Pro Football Focus, he was the third worst graded left tackle in football? Sure. Sure, I didn't know that, but it Well, neither did I and, and, <clears throat> until I'm looking at the list. Yeah. So, you know, guys in their rookie year at offensive tackle, especially Jeff with no offseason now, that's a tr- that's that's a potential problem here. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And I, I think that what you're going to see when we get to training camp is we're going to see a very stiff competition. And the best man's going to win. And if Andrew Thomas beats out Nate Solder or anybody else, he's playing left tackle. If and he not, should. Then, if he plays know, better than him, he should play left tackle. And I think he will. I, th- I think he's going to be so much better than all these other guys that people are going to be like, why are we even going to even think about putting him at right tackle? Just put him there now. And if that's how he plays, you're right. They should. Yeah. And listen, you know, I feel like the Giants have done a good job at, at kind of, you know, putting a little bit of uh, support behind these starters. And, and is one thing that we call depth. I mean, Cameron Fleming is a good signing. He's played in the system. He knows Mark Colombo, the offensive line coach. They drafted a, a guy that can play center eventually. Matt Pert, another guy that they they have confidence in. He's a third-round draft pick. So they've got a lot of stuff going on here. Now, listen, let's. I, I, I really want to pump the brakes on Nick Gates a little bit. I feel like, remember, this is a new system. 
Uh, he did well in Shermer's system. Let's see how he can do. And in a small sample size in Shermer's system. That's too. my point. Okay, mm-hmm. he this guy's and and I, I got to believe that you know what happens in the National Football League is a pretty good thing when it comes to analyzing players and where they're drafted. You know, it's not a perfect science, but you got to remember Nick Gates was not drafted for some reasons. There are there. So let's. But I, I want him to play well. I think he's a good kid. I think he's a he's he's a hard worker. And he can be a, a reliable backup, if you will, a guy that can play many positions, which is very valuable. You know that, John. If you can play multiple positions at the offensive line, you, you'll be hanging around a while. You really will. Yeah, and look, Scott made a good point. And you're going to see a lot of really good pass rushers lining up over Nate Solder. I mean, Shaquille Barrett had mm. his way with him last year. I mean, let's be honest. <clears throat> Chandler Jones had his way with him last year. Mm-hmm. And guess what two guys are back on the schedule again this year? Miles Garrett from the Browns is going to line up over him. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn. <laughs> Just some few. The rookie you know? for Cincinnati is going to line up over him at right end. So, you know, yeah, it's it's it's, it's he's got to play better. Yeah. No one's saying he doesn't have to. Guys, he's got to play better. And I am not for one. I'm telling you, Andrew Thomas, if he starts there, he's going to struggle. He's going to he's not going to be, you know, it's it's a lot different going from but when you have the when you have the intangibles as he does the size and the strength and and the technique and all the stuff that we talked about him in in the off season before the draft and stuff the guy can match up with anybody you know it's just you got to learn how to play left tackle in the NFL there's a lot of things you don't know about playing that position that yeah. you'll soon soon realize that you can't do that in the NFL that you did it at the SEC level, where you were pretty good. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Back to the phones. Call. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, trifecta. Oh boy, Len and Scotty and me. Hey, Charlie <laughs> from Portland, Maine. Let me l- let <laughs> me love how you put yourself in that group, Charlie. <laughs> By the way, I, th- I think it's more insulting to Scott and Len than anything else. But that's okay. Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. Go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> hey, um, what I was going to say is like. You know, you got to give. I mean, it's going to be competition. You know, it's going to be. And you know, I mean, except the quarterback, of course. We never have anybody compete with him, which we, I think we should, but we don't. But everybody, every other position is well, going to be. Charlie, it'll be a competition, but no one on the roster is going to beat out Daniel Jones. Yeah, because we don't have anybody good on the roster. If we if we had uh, got Cam Newton on the roster, believe me, he would have beat Jones out. But they would never give them that opportunity. But I didn't want to talk about that. But Oh, my God. If you uh, would have called up and said that to Dettino, <laughs> he, he would have died. Paul oh, would have died if you, know, would, have, if you would have said that to him yesterday. In fact, I would have enjoyed it because I wasn't on the air. I was just listening. My, <laughs> my goodness. Charlie, I want – I'm I'm on with the Tino tomorrow. I almost want you to call in with that just so I could see his reaction. Honestly, uh, he'll hang up on me. <laughs> no, I control the phones. He's not hanging up on oh. anybody. <laughs> anyway, hey, go but, ahead. What's your next? Well, you know what you're saying. It's going to be a competition. So whatever the best five guys are, Judd is going to put them on. Or Colombo is going to use them. Whoever they are, and I think Solder will be one of those. But the other thing is too. Shermer had a blind spot. So didn't um, McAfool had a blind spot. They never chipped on anybody. When you're going against a Mac and you're going against all these incredible pass rushes, there isn't a tackle in the NFL, maybe one or two, that can go one-on-one with these guys. You've got to have a tight end helping. 
so hopefully they will have enough sense to to have the 12, you know, man on there and have Smith help that left tackle compete against these incredible pass rushes. And that will that will slow them down. Now, I will say I this, and it didn't happen last year to Dallas, so maybe Jason Garrett, you know, figured things out. Do you remember the game two years ago? I think the Cowboys were playing the Falcons, and Tyron Smith was hurt in that yeah. game. If I'm not mistaken, Adrian Claiborne, it wasn't Cam Fleming. It was somebody else. It was the Cowboys signed Cam Fleming in a response to the game. Was it Green? Was it Green at that time? Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it might have been Chaz Green, Charlie. Very yeah. good memory. Yeah. And Adrian yeah. Claiborne, I think, had like six sacks. In the game or something like that, and he just abused poor Chaz Green. Good memory. I'm very impressed, actually, that you have that. Um, but, yeah, and so that was one of the reasons they signed Cam Fleming so that wouldn't happen again. So we'll see how they kind of make that adjustment this year, too. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I would think that's what they would do, you know, chip block. I mean, you know, my God, it's so simple. And, Jeff, you said something so prolific, profound, <laughs> when prolific. you said Ingram was – a wide receiver. I've been saying that for years. He doesn't he mean he should be, play wide receiver. Jeff, should, please yes, correct well, him. Well, that's what he said. He's a tight end a that plays receiver. like a wide receiver. <laughs> Thank you. He's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver. He's a In tight end. Days, and look at his look at his <laughs> look at the roster. It says tight end. He's a tight end. Until well, they put the WR on his name, he will <laughs> he will forever be a tight end under these <laughs> people talking right now. Well, <laughs> the thing is, hopefully these guys, with this incredible coaching crew that are supposed to be so smart and great teachers and they're all head coaches, will figure it out once and for all that Ingram is a wide receiver. He's not a tight end. <laughs> well, we'll see how he plays like a wide <laughs> receiver you, from the tight end position. Okay, guys. Thank you, Charlie. Ingram is not going to move to wide receiver, and I'm not getting into it again. Hell no. He's not going to move there. He's going to get upset. He'll, play, he'll line up out there. Yeah, but you know, because but of mismatches. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not going down. Don't you that love road how again. Charlie throws himself in the ring there? You know, is he up there with with Scotty and uh, Len? Well, they're three of our most frequent callers. Of course, I'm, I, I'm going to have some. But I'm going to have some angry Twitter people that we had all three <laughs> of the guys on the same show again. But we enjoy all, all you guys calling in, no we matter do. who you are. We do. That's true. You don't have to, uh, you know, call in as much as those guys do, but you know, if you want to, <laughs> you can. <laughs> no question about it. I we have. like hearing from everybody, and everybody usually has pretty good, pretty good stuff. Oh, absolutely, no question about it. All right, Jeff, are you ready to play our game? Are, are you serious? We're going to play today? Why not? Oh, you know, it's really funny. I got quickly. So my dad listens to the show, and and he there was a player that I was asked if I had played with. Um, that he remembered, but you didn't. No, I no. Here it was. It was actually the guy's name was Raymond Claiborne. You brought up a Claiborne last week, <laughs> and my dad said, "You know, Jeff, you did play with Raymond Claiborne." <laughs> <laughs> so I got my dad in the mix. So uh, you watch out, Schmelk. <laughs> that's funny. I, I had that same guy on Twitter being mad that I gave you the tie last week, but you didn't remember the other Hardy, which is why. That's right. Okay. Which is why that was a tie. <laughs> All right, well, let's start. Let's go. All right, you are 17, 13, and 1 since quarantine began. All right, let me write this okay. down. 17. Oh, we, that's right. We had the tie last week. Mm -hmm. You were 2-1-1 one, one last week. Okay. okay. I, think, I, think, yep. I, I think I have some good ones this week. We're okay. going to see. Hopefully, I didn't pick any long snappers accidentally, okay? <laughs> 
Here we go. This is a game we play, folks. It's called Did You Play With Jeff Fiegels? You it's go tough. through the 2,000 and millions of players that Jeff played with in the <laughs> NFL. Let's see if he remembers his teammates or if he was so focused on his golf game, he chose not to pay attention to the players right next to him in the locker room. Okay, here we go. Um, did you play with Fred Brock? Did you play oh, with man. Fred Brock? <laughs> Oh God, a Brock! Why did this name? <laughs> Fred Brock. I know. Freddie I Brock. Were, I thought you were going to say Fred Barnett, and then I would have been yes. No. yes. Come on, Fred Barnett was your wide receiver for the Eagles. That's an easy one. Um, Fred Brock. Fred Brock, Mister Brock. His full name was Frederick Lee Brock. If that helps you, probably Fred. doesn't. God, for some reason. I want to say I did play with him. But you have no idea where or what position but he played, do you? I first, Listen, remember, the only way I can remember this is I think it was with the Cardinals. And I think it was because there was a Lou Brock that played for the Cardinals. <laughs> it might have been Fred Brock. I remember, I, look, I remember guys like the back of their jerseys, Brock, right? St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis um, um, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to say yes, I did. Was he, was he a wide receiver? For Cardinals what? maybe? Yes, both are correct. What? Yes, he was a wide receiver for the Cardinals. He played for you with two years there. He only okay. had three catches for 41 yards. I... <laughs> no wonder I remembered him. Wow, Jeff, I'm really impressed. Oh, my goodness. Good okay, job. Yeah, that's, and, again, I'm trying to explain to you how I wow. come up with this stuff. That was good. <laughs> I thought I had you at old Freddie Brock. Lou Brock, by the way, is like an all-time great baseball player. Yeah, I know, this, but, that's, yes. but he played for the Cardinals. Oh, he did. Lou Brock did. Oh, my goodness. So we had a Fred Brock. I thought, I thought See? Lou, I thought Lou Brock was the Cubs. No? Oh. Lou Brock was the Cardinals? Okay. Was he with the Cardinals? I. Somebody tell me he was with the Cardinals, please. Yeah, Lou Brock. <laughs> Look up Lou Brock. You might be right. And I, I really should know Lou Brock. That's an embarrassment on my part. That We I both should know what hand. team he played for, for God's yes, sake. Yes, yeah. we should. Lou Brock. <laughs> um, yeah, you were right. The Cardinals. I'm okay. sorry. Oh, no. He, and he also played for the Cubs. Okay. He played for both. Okay. So we were I both think right. most of his career was with the Cardinals, right? Uh, he played, uh, let's see, he started with the Cubs and then played with the Cardinals in a, after he was traded to St. Louis. So let's see, he was traded to St. Louis in 1966, it looks like, and played with the Cubs from 61 to 65. So, yeah, so he played for both teams. Anyway, both back. of us, I'm happy. Both of us were right on that. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Did you play with James Sims? James Sims. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I do not remember a James Sims. Um, no, I never played with James Sims. James Sims was a teammate of yours on the New York <laughs> Football Giants in 2006. <laughs> he was a running back. Okay. How many years? Uh, How many? Two what? games. What year? <laughs> I don't remember him at all. Um, okay. Sims, there's, there was, a, there was, you know, there were some Sims that played football, obviously he's one of them, but not the one that I remember. Did you play Billy with Billy Sims? Yes. Who we remember. Did Didn't you play, with, play with Paul Miranda? Did you play with Paul Miranda? <laughs> like the Miranda rights? I'm going to read you your rights. If you don't get this one right, Paul, uh, Jeff Eagles. Paul Miranda, Paul Miranda, mm. Miranda, Miranda. Oh, uh, 
No, I, I don't remember Paul Miranda. I, I don't. You should have. <laughs> because he played with you with the Seattle Seahawks in both 2000 and 2001, and he started two games. He was a defensive back. Paul Miranda, 5'10". Born and raised, by the way, in Brooklyn, New York. Amazing. We love that Paul Miranda. Paul Miranda. Big fan. All right, right, last one. I got one more for you. What am I? One, one for You're three. One and two. One and two. Yes. Did you okay. play with Tony Brooks? <laughs> Did you play with Tony Brooks? Tony Brooks. Oh, I should have um, had you zero and four today. I can't believe you got Fred Brock. I'm so mad. Tony Brooks. I could have had you at five hundred if I would have gotten you on all four today. Man, because you're not Tony... getting Tony Brooks. No, I know. I remember playing with Tony Brooks. That... He was he was with the Eagles with me in ninety one, ninety one or nine ninety. Let's see, ninety ninety one. I think he was with at ninety two, ninety two. Yes, running back, right? I no. hate you so much. Is it good running back? Yes, you got it. <laughs> right year too, ninety two with the there Eagles. We go. Yep. He yep. only played five games. Yeah. But, no. He had one kick return. He didn't even carry the football. How'd you remember Tony Brooks? Because I his locker was very it was kind of like right across from me. Oh, okay. And so I man. do remember him, yes. Very vaguely. <laughs> very vaguely. Um the only the only the other one I remember from him Good job, is, Jeff. Wow. Well, you, okay, so this is this is gonna this is really gonna you can be like what? So one of my best friends, Dave Alexander, who played for the Eagles. So just remember that. Don't ever ask me if I, I played with not. Dave Alexander. I will now. <laughs> <laughs> um he was from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I believe that Tony Brooks was he was from Tulsa, and that's why Dave was a good buddy of mine. They knew each other yes, very well. He was born so in that, Tulsa, Oklahoma. There you go. So that was I do remember that. That's how I remember Tony Brooks. I don't remember him playing much. I just remember him being by me and he was from Tulsa and by the way apparently he was the um, running back he was the brother of running back Reggie Brooks who played for the Redskins okay oh I didn't I did not know that and okay. he had a thousand yard rushing season in 1993 Reggie Brooks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow Jeff you know what two I gotta two? be honest with you that is one of the best performances I've ever seen you have that you pulled <laughs> Tony Brooks and Freddie Brock out of your bag of tricks, when neither one of them like did anything as pros, really. Mm-hmm. For I, some reason, that was I don't, real, that was really impressive. Don't ask me how. It just did. I just did it. That was really, I, so some days were the most common names you give me, and I look at it after the fact and go, "How did I miss that? How did I miss that?" But sometimes I, I, you know, I come out of the woods and get you Tony Brooks. You must have had your you must have had your omega threes this morning. Got you know got the mind going. I was impressed. Got a lot of water. It's a good job. A lot of water this morning. You know, it was hot. I played golf. You know what, folks? I played golf with Michael Strahan yesterday. Oh really? How'd that go? It was great. We had a great time. Um, I just enjoy being around him and reminiscing about football. And he's doing well. And uh, man, he's just so much fun to be around. You, so it was a good day. Maybe you should get him on the show. He was. I would. I. I could get. You want me to get him on the show? Hook him on the show. Huh? I might have to ask you that favor. We'll see. No problem. Um, no problem. What you? Love that, to come on our most show. importantly, what'd you guys shoot? Um, we don't keep score, John. You, you know don't that. keep Just score. Like Ty from you know Ty from Caddyshack. What do you, you mean you don't you keep score? <clears throat> now is that because he's gonna get mad because you beat him, or you're gonna get mad because he beats you? We. What we did do is we play match play, and by the end of the game. It was the, I had my son play with me yesterday, Blake, and he we we tied. It was a tie. Oh, it was really? all square. So you and Strand tied. So it was mm-hmm. nine to nine. 
It was uh, it was nine holes to nine holes. That's right. So and so in match play, you don't keep score because you give putts and right. you know if you okay. pick up or whatever. So, um, it was a hard golf course, and my son was in the fescue quite a bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I live in the fescue, my friend. <laughs> You're a fescue dweller. Oh, I am a fescue permanent resident, my friend. All right, Fees, good times. We got to roll. Thank you, John. Thanks for all the callers. I hit thanks for the calls out there. Thanks to Jeff. I am Schmelk. Appreciate you being with us. You can find the archive to all our Big Blue Kickoff live shows on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you so much for being with us. For Jeff Fegels, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com. It's me and Paul Dottino. Until then, adios.